Hey guys, it's Maylee Thomas. It's Texas Homegrown Music Time, and I've got another show for you today with a really great gal by the name of Amanda Kate Ferris. You're going to love this chick. You're going to love her voice. So I don't want to take any time. I want to get right to it. I'm going to sing a song for you that my friend Andy Timmons wrote. It's called Don't Bring Me Down. And when we come back, we'll be with Amanda Kate Ferris right here on Texas Homegrown Music.
Well, here we are back on Texas Homegrown Music, and my guest today, Amanda Kate Ferris. Amanda, welcome to the show. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So you've been a busy girl, I know, because I hear about it. I've got, um, as you know, we I own the Guitar Sanctuary, and Shane Frame works with us, plays pedal steel for you a little yes. bit, and, um, and he was telling me about some of the gigs, and it sounds like you've had a really busy time this year which is great we're so glad things are opened up again and people are back in back to going out and hearing live music yeah you know and it's so funny I think in the beginning of the year we had no idea what was in store you know shows with you know trying to really focus coming back to Texas you know you have no idea like are people going to book me or am I going to be able to go out and we've played gosh I think um I haven't counted but I, I want to say it's over 50 shows um this year which it's just awesome to be able to to get out there and and play original music, which I know sounds funny, but I was telling someone the other day, you know, you spend your whole life. I've spent 15 years singing cover songs and in cover bands and tribute bands and doing everything I can gigging around. And finally, this has been the first year that I've been able to really focus on my original music. And it's been I've been busier than ever. And so I'm just I'm, I'm very blessed. Well, kudos to you, honey, and I'm I'm happy for you because I know for some people it's kind of hard to make that jump, um, especially when, you know, I don't know if you were doing corporate gigs or uh, stuff like that, but the money is so big. And then when you go, you start playing original music in clubs and you start playing for the door and for a piece yep. of the action, you start going, oh, this is a little bit different scenario. Yep. Yeah, I went from making, I tell people, I'm like, I went from making money at music to now I'm going in the negative. Uh, but it's for the bigger picture. Uh, you know, I really do believe in this music and I think it'll all turn itself around. Um, but yeah, the corporate money is just, it's crazy. You know, I know Shane and I have been, we're talking about the tribute world because him and I both have dabbled in that. And it's, it's crazy what they will pay for a tribute act. But, you know, you, you got to do what you got to do. I tell people all the time, you know, young artists when they're like, not not knowing how to essentially navigate this industry. I'm like, you know what? I spent so many years playing in cover bands and I don't take that for granted at all. And I think it taught me so much. It really kind of helped me figure out who I was on stage. Vocally, it trained me. You know, when you're playing four sets a night and you're playing from nine until one in the morning, I'm telling you, if that doesn't train you for a tour, I don't know what does. So um, I'm really happy that I spent that time that I did. And honestly, Someone could call me tomorrow for a cover band and I'd probably do it just because I'm a glutton for punishment and I just love to gig. You know, I love to play. And so well, especially um, if it's if it's an artist that you enjoy and that you enjoy doing their music. I I did a couple of um, stints of doing Carol King music, which I loved. And it brought yep. back um, it brought me back to the basics of where I started out and what I you know, some of the influences that I had when I was very young. So I, I can't say that I really um didn't like it. I wouldn't want to do it all the time. Right. But but every once in a while, I think it's kind of fun to do and, um, you know, kind of reminds you of, uh, like I said, the influences that were in your life and what you really enjoy. But yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to see you make the make the uh, ch jump. Although I do want to give um, 
I do want to give you some uh, accolades because you did it really, really well. And you have the you have the Carrie Underwood cover band called Blown Away. And I'll tell you what, girl, just to say I'm going to do it means you can you have a voice because Carrie Underwood has probably got one of the best country voices out there. I mean, there's there's several of them, no doubt, mm-hmm. but her range is incredible. And I've heard some of your your editions of her stuff just by doing some searches. And you got some pipes on you, girl, to be able to 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 uh, cover <laughs> Carrie Underwood. Let me just tell you, Thank from you. the very get go, if you can do her, then I'm like, yeah, you can you can pretty much sing whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, you know it's funny. So I. Like I said, I've been gigging in in honky tonks from California to Texas, New Mexico, Nashville, you name it, um, for so long. And Carrie was just always a staple. That's what people wanted to hear. They kept, you know, Amanda sing Carrie. And so before I knew it, I really knew almost her whole catalog. You know, I, I had 90 minutes of music that I knew, and the band that I was working with said, "Hey, why don't we put a tribute together for fun? You know, we're already playing the music. Let's just do a tribute." And so we did never thought in a million years it would do anything other than just for fun. And before we knew it, we were getting calls all the time to go play, you know, from private parties to casinos to, we got to open for Clint Black doing the Carrie tribute. Wow. Um, It was just crazy. And then it ended up on a TV show, you know, so you just, you never know. Um, But it was probably the hardest, it's the hardest thing I've ever done vocally, 90 minutes of her straight. Um, But Gosh, I was when I do the show, um, I haven't done it in a while, but when I do, I'm in the best vocal shape of my life, you know, because it's to sing her stuff and move around a stage at all is it's no small feat, but it's super fun. All of her stuff has it's such high energy and it's such a departure from me personally and my music. You know, I think that's what makes it even more fun. I kind of feel like it's like this alter ego that I get to go play with, you know. That's awesome. Well, so people understand what you mean um, about the uh, cover stuff that you did. Um, last year, you were on um, Cl- uh, Clash of the Cover Bands, which was a show by E, and I think Jimmy Fallon was one of the producers of it. Tell yeah. me about that. What was that like? And I know there were other people involved, too, that you got to see. I think I, I, think I saw, um, oh, uh, who, who did I see? There was a Dolly on there. Um, yeah, Dolly Parton. Yeah, that was it. Karen, yeah. Karen Hester um, did Dolly Parton. Yeah, it was um, it was a whole show dedicated to tribute acts. And um, I got a call. Somebody found a video on YouTube and said, hey, would you want to come? And I honestly, I thought it was fake when I got the call, honestly, because I was like, this isn't real. Like, this is probably some scam, you know? <laughs> and they were like, no, Jimmy Fallon is a producer. And you, we want you to screw, like, come in and audition and test for this show. And So I was like, all right, you know, and it was right after, um, you know, COVID was still a thing. You're, you know, everybody was still super cautious. Um, so we did everything via zoom. We did all these zoom interviews and I sent in videos and then they were like, Hey, we want you to, to be on the show and come out to Hollywood and, and tape with us. And it was really fun. They, um, you know, I think in, I never knew what to expect from TV. I'd never been on TV before. And, um, but it was, it was an awesome experience. The whole team at NBC was amazing and E and the judges were awesome. I think for me, I was the only, I was the only tribute act there that didn't pay tribute visually. So I, I sing her music and, but I don't have like replica costumes or I don't change my makeup or I don't wear wigs or anything. I just, sing her music. And so I was the only one that really was like that. So it was a little different. Um, Cause I think they expected me, 
think they wanted me to, to be a little bit more impersonator and I'm not an impersonator. I was like, I'm a singer. I'll come and sing my butt off for you. You do your thing. Don't let them make (laughs) you do something else. That's, that's one thing that, um, you know, I've had several people on the show that have been on the, um, you know, on, on these shows that, uh, you know, the, well, you know, the voice and and all of these shows that feature people and, and they, in, inadvertently, they they say every time that the one thing that they didn't like was that they felt like they were trying to pull something out of them that wasn't really real. Yeah, you know, to make mm-hmm. it you know to make it more interesting. And I get the sensationalism of television. I understand that. I tried to tell my kids all along um, that most of these shows that they think are real are not. They're um, produced. We had, they don't. Yeah, you know, they don't have a team of seven producers for nothing you know they're making sure that it's going to be entertaining and sometimes you have to you have to fake some things to make it entertaining um and yeah it is i luckily i've never with with the voice and all those i've never been on those shows but with e they didn't really they didn't really make me do anything i didn't want to do um i think that the song choices you can't really pick your songs because it has to go through an approval process and everything. So that was the only thing that I really didn't have control over. But for the most part, it was just, it was a fun experience. I tell people all the time. Was it your band? Was it the band Mm -hmm. that you were playing with that you got to come out? Well, Hey, you got a trip to Cal to California, right? Yep, exactly. (laughs) We stayed, we stayed in a really nice hotel. Um, They feed you, you hang out and you get to be on TV. And I got to meet uh, Megan Trainer and Adam Lambert and Esther Dean and, to me, that was worth it right there. Sure. They've got to find the positives in everything. And I and I think, listen, the, a positive is it puts you out there in front of a lot of people that you normally wouldn't be in front of. And you got to have your name. So, you know, they yep. get to know that it's Amanda Kate uh, Ferris. And so, listen, it, it, unless you're just really, really bad, which you weren't, you were phenomenal. It's really great exposure no matter what. So I would That's, be grateful for it. And, and it's crazy. Like I, I, I get... T- sorry I get calls like still to this day like hey I saw you on Clash of the Cover Bands on YouTube which it's not it hasn't aired it's been almost a year since it aired um but people still see it so oh absolutely absolutely I I'm surprised at how many people watch um videos all day long on YouTube I don't I I don't have that freedom to do (laughs) I don't have that kind of free time yeah but um but it's amazing to me and I like I said any kind of exposure is good exposure but well, we're gonna we're gonna start featuring this whole show is gonna be about all your original stuff because I think you're a phenomenal artist and um, and a writer as well. Although some of the songs on the new uh, EP are not written by you, um, some uh, have been, and so we'll we'll talk about that. But we're gonna start out with one that you just released um, just a few weeks ago called "Baby Don't." Give me a little bit of uh, elevator pitch on this, and also talk about that video. It looks really cool. Thank you. Yes. So, um, baby don't was a song that was sent to me. I have a gal that's in Nashville and, um, she, she's incredible. She's just somebody that, um, you know, she used to run a and R for a lot of the big labels and, um, she has been a huge blessing to me just to being able to kind of vet songs where, you know, I'm sitting here writing and I keep, I'm like, I got all these ballads, but I need an upbeat. I need something up tempo. I want something that the crowd can get excited about. I want something that, you know, I can see the girls vibing with, and I'm not writing it. It just, it's not coming out of me, you know? And, um, I've always been a firm believer that the best song wins and that doesn't necessarily mean it's mine. 
And so this was sure. one um, that was sent to me. And uh, Lori McKenna is a writer on this one. And I'm a huge Lori McKenna fan and Liz Rose. And uh, she is, you know, she's like, hey, this is one's baby don't. And it was super pop when she sent it. It was very much a pop demo. Um, and I sent it to the producer, Jimmy Ritchie. And I was like, hey, Jimmy, like, can we do you think we could take this country and do you think it would fit for me on the EP? And we both, we loved it. And so I demoed it and we. Well, it definitely, it definitely vibes out uh, in the country vein. And I think you're right. Um, it's a really nice upbeat song that lots of girls can completely, completely relate to. So we're going to play it right now. It's called Baby Don't. And if you just tuned in, we're talking to Amanda Kate Ferris right here on Texas Homegrown Music. And we'll be right back to talk about all the other new adventures she's got going on. New music out there, tours, all kinds of stuff right here on Texas Homegrown Music. We'll be right back. Here we go, Baby Don't by Amanda K. Ferris. Don't, baby, don't pull the cork from the bottle if you don't wanna talk, wanna kiss, wanna find out, baby, what it is. What's going on? In this room, all the chemistry between me and you, baby, don't, baby, don't let me linger any longer if you don't.
back with Amanda Kate Ferris, and we've been talking about her solo career, which she just has launched in a mighty way in the last few years um, after playing in cover bands and getting your chops up, which I think is a great way to do it, by the way. I mean, and I sang backup with bands for for about three years starting out, and that was really good for me as well because I, I think it's important for us to know all the different people and positions that there are to making, you know, making music happen. I'm, I'm 100%. a real believer in giving everybody... Uh, it's, it takes the village. It takes everybody mm-hmm. together to make it happen. Um, and I'm I'm sure you must have seen that because you were brought up in a musical family. You had a mom that mm-hmm. uh, that brought you up in singing. Tell me about your mom, Kathy Wright, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So my mom was a singer songwriter. Um, she, you know, she started interta- in the entertainment business really young. She moved to, to New York when she was 16 and um, she was in the Doodletown Pipers in New York and on the Ed Sullivan show. And then she moved to Los Angeles. She performed as a Dean Martin gold digger with Dean Martin and traveled with Bob hopes that gosh, I think she was only 18 when she started with Dean. And so she had a crazy life, you know, in entertainment from a very, very young age. And then she moved into songwriting and she did songwriting. She wrote songs for Vicki Carr. And then she ended up doing Christian music and she wrote musicals. She was a music director at a church for a while. So um, you name it when it comes to entertainment, whether it was, I was two years old in a honky tonk with her in a house band to a church with her, you know, singing for Sunday morning um, to just, you know, she had a, she had a huge heart for just music. You know, she loved, she loved sharing her gift um, with whoever wanted to listen. And um, I think that that just inspired me in such a huge way to one, know the importance of music and why we do what we do. It's not always about fame. It's not always about the money. It's about the fact that we, we've we all been given a gift and, and it's important that we share it. And so she always had this saying, it was about one soul at a time. And that's how I've always looked at my music is, listen, I'm going to put my music out there. And of course, I want it to stream well, and I would love radio to pick it up and all those things. But at the end of the day, if if one person loves it and it touches them in one way, then maybe that's why, maybe that's why I was here to do that. And, um, and so that's how I've always approached music. And again, that's all because of the way that my mom was, my mom was just, she was just this incredible musician and writer and just inspired me in such huge ways. I think, I don't even think I realized how much she inspired me until, you know, she went to be with the Lord. And, and then it's like, I start to see full circle, all the different ways that she has just touched, touched me and, and, you know, when it comes to my work ethic and how hard I want this and my drive to just never give up too. It's another thing I tell young girls all the time. I'm like, listen, you know, you don't have to be 25 to do this. I'm 35 and I've got a little girl now and I'm a wife and now things are happening for me that I never thought would happen. And it's so rewarding and amazing. So it's just, Never give up, you know, never let go of that dream. Well, I wish I had met your mom because she sounds like a tremendous person and a beautiful soul, wonderful human being. Did you um, did you ever get to record with her? Have you done some music with your mom? So it's interesting. So the whole reason I got back into music, um, because I started so I started singing professionally at 15 in girl groups. So I was in a country girl group um, at 15. We traveled and toured. And then I did some solo music. Um, You know, I tried out and I got signed to an independent label out of L.A. doing back when Kelly Clarkson kind of came on the scene. And so they wanted me to essentially be kind of like the young Kelly Clarkson ish singing kind of rock pop music. And so I did that for a little bit. Um, But everything I would do, everyone would always say, "Okay, sing that, but try not to sound country. 
you know, take the twang out or don't. And, and I just couldn't, I couldn't undo. I'd been singing country music. What, since what I you was, were. Yeah. Since <laughs> I'm I was a little two. country. Sorry. Yeah, I was like, since I was two. And um, so, you know, my mom always says I came out and I had a little bit of a Winona growl from this time I was a toddler. Very beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah. And I just, you know, I'd always been performing, but I moved to Nashville because that's where you're supposed to go. If you have a dream of country music, that's where you go. So at, you know, 20, 22 years old, I went to Nashville and it just didn't work for me. I didn't, I didn't really think I, I don't think I knew what I wanted to sing. I don't think I had the confidence that is needed in that town. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of financial backing to be able to help me even make music. And so I think at that time, I just kind of let go of that dream and I moved back home and went back to be with my mom in California. And I started singing in church again. And, and honestly, I was fine with that. I didn't, I didn't really have this desire to keep pursuing it. I just felt like this is what is God has for my life right now. And that's fine. And then my mom got diagnosed with cancer. And when she got diagnosed, it just stirred up so much emotion um, in me and specifically around music. And it hit me that, gosh, I don't have, I don't have a lot of time left and so my mom and I had written so much music together over the years that I was like, you know what? I want to do an album with you, just me and you. And um, I want to call it time. And I want to just put an album out for my my little one, for my family, so that I can have this piece of art and this piece of work for the rest of my life that I remember as this is something that I did with you. And so we went to Nashville and we cut everything so fast. I mean, from the time of like concept to actually getting in the studio, I think was like two months or something. And wow. we went to Nashville, we cut the record and that's my first album that's out that you can find. It's called time. And, um, that's the one that healing and I ride healing when I ride is on, but it just, that's what sparked it. And so, and then it got pressed. And before I knew it, people are calling me to come and play and they want to hear the story behind the album and they want me to do these interviews. And, it's just a funny way, you know, I think, you know, th things come full circle. And I've always said that I just think, you know, we, you don't know what the future holds. And so, you know, God laughs when you make plans. And before I knew it, here I am, you know, gosh, three and a half, four years later, and still making music. And now I'm on to my, um, this will be my third album. And it's just, yeah, it's crazy how all, how all of this happened when I was ready to give up. You know, I was ready to be done with it. And well, how yeah. and how was that? Um, I know your mother passed away. I think what has it been two years now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, a little. How over how 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 was that with your mom? Um, you know, I, I'm sure you guys had. It sounds like you had a very close relationship. Being able to talk about this, having this together, and something that when she was gone that you could hold on to and have a memory of. Did she um, understand the, the value of that for you? Oh, a hundred percent. You know, she, um, gosh, she was, I mean, she was on hospice and she was, her biggest worry was that she was like, I don't, I haven't written enough songs for you. Like I need to keep writing. You need more, you need more songs. And so she was just jotting down lyrics in notebooks because she, she was like, I just want to keep writing with you, you know? Um, but yeah, I think she definitely knew that this was something that was really important. And it's interesting because I'm one of five kids and I've got, you know, my four other brothers that music was the one thing that her and I had, you know, she had something special with all the kids. Um, 
but music was her and I. And so it was as much as it was for me, I think it also was for her. Just it helped her through her, you know, through her process of, of trying to heal and getting through treatments and cancer. It was exciting for her to see, okay, like she was struggling with all these things, but she loved getting to watch me go out and and still, oh, it's you know, like watching it. your little, um, yeah, it's watching your little flower bloom that you had some part in. And, um, and yeah, the, what a sweet, sweet thing to have with her. And I'm so grateful that you did that because, um, you know, music as, as it's happening now, you know, over COVID, we lost so many really close friends, unfortunately, to COVID and having their music after they're gone has certainly helped. Um, you know, it's it's really hard when you don't have something tangible that you can have fr- from someone, you know, that you love so much. And I think music is a w- wonderful gift that we can give even after we're gone. And I'm a big believer in it. So I'm so glad that you got to share that with your mom and Thank have you. that um, have that album with her. And I know that uh, I know how treasured that's got to be for you being a mom of four kids. Um, yeah, I I've would love to be able to write songs with my kids. I only have one that's actually even remotely interested in, in music, but, um, but I have a close relationship with all of them. So I'm really glad you had that, um, Amanda. And, and I'm, Thank I'm you. it sounds like your mom was a special person. I think cause it, the fact that she traveled with Bob Hope to, to, to the USO um, guys and, I'm sure she probably did a lot of really cool things even that I don't know about because she was in the church and it sounds like she gave a lot of her soul to a lot of people. So kudos to that. And I, I wish I would have met her. I really do. I think that uh, she's probably somebody I would have really enjoyed getting to know. I can tell. So tell me about um, the process that you went through on this record. Um, I think you recorded, uh, did you record it in Nashville? Yeah. So all my music has been recorded in Nashville. Um, you know, the first record we went in and, um, gosh, I want to say we recorded that at Starstruck, uh, studios in Nashville. Um, and we just, you know, we went in and anyone that's ever recorded in Nashville, I've recorded music, like I said, my whole life, but I've, I've done it all either in, um, recorded some in Texas, recorded some in, in California. And, and the way that I had recorded music in the past was totally different. So I would go in and we would essentially, um, in California, they, they like to piece things together. So they might start with like the bones of um, maybe it's drums like, and bass, drums and bass. And then they add guitars mm-hmm. and then they send it out to someone else mm-hmm. who puts the keys. And, you know, I had never done the Nashville way of recording where every single person is in the same room. And mm-hmm. it is if no one's ever experienced it, it's it's something I wish everyone could because it's so incredible to watch. It's like watching magic. I mean, I go in there with my work tapes and charts and you watch these guys bring something. And if I played you my demos, people would be like, how is this girl a songwriter? Because (laughs) the demos are so basic. And then they bring this to life and paint it in the most beautiful way. And the, the, the steel parts and the fiddle parts and the guitar, I mean, acoustic guitar playing that sounds fake because it's so perfect. I'd never heard, I'd never heard an acoustic guitar sound so beautiful. And, um, and so it was, it was awesome. And we, we tracked my entire album in one day. I mean, we did from top to bottom, we were there and we were done in an afternoon, you know, and that's from, from where I come from, where you're sitting in rehearsals and you're having to redo parts and come up with this and come up with that. These guys 
they make it, it's magic. It really is. And they're all so gifted at what they do. And, you know, they don't call them the A-team for nothing. And I had Brent Mason, who is just, I, I think, Kid. yeah. He, everything he touches like is incredible. Um, but all of my stuff, I've really wanted a nineties country sound. Like I've wanted all of my stuff to feel throwback in a way that feels familiar of to the country that I grew up listening to, but still has like a modern flair to it. And so we knew that Brent Mason was going to be the guy for that. Um, and he, he did my first record. Um, he didn't do my EP. So little I got, um, my EP, we actually used Rob McNeely on that one. Um, but my first, he, Brent did my first one and he did my last one. Um, that's all the music that's coming out. Well, um, we're going to play Little I Got. Give me a little bit um, about this song. I, I love the hook. I, you know, it's, it's definitely um, got that major country feel with the message that turns around and, and you go, oh, how cute is that? You know? Yes. So tell, tell me about that and what you thought when you first heard the song and how you were convinced this was a good one for you. Yes. Um, so Brett Tyler, um, he produced my last EP, um, the, uh, the one that little got, and he's a writer on that song. Um, and it was him and Marin Morris and, um, oh, I forget there's another writer on it and I can't remember the name. Um, but they, the first time I heard it, you know, uh, Brett sent it to me and he's like, Hey, uh, this is the song that I did with Marin. I don't even know if it's your style, but I think it could work for you. Lyrically, what it says fits, fits your brand, you know, um, it didn't fit more Marin cause well, we all know Marin's got a lot. <laughs> and so, yeah. um, and so I heard it. I well, was it like, can fit you for a while anyway. Let's just yeah. say that. You know? Yeah. And, um, but it was just funny. I was like, I heard it and I was like, man, I love the, I love the message of this song because it just focuses on what's important. And at that time in my life, I had just lost my mom, you know, and I'm trying to think of like trying to see the positive and everything. And so I'm trying to count my blessings, but anyone that's been through the grieving process knows that it's hard. It's really hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And, um, this song came along and I was like, you know what? It's yes. Like I have a lot with the little I got. And I looked at my daughter and I'm looking at my husband and uh, we're looking, I'm looking at my house and our, my horses and realizing that like, okay, you know, it's not always about the material things. It's, it's about the people that surround you. And, and that was my band. I mean, my band, my, the musicians that are in my life, I'm so thankful for so many things. Um, and when you start to add those things up, you realize that you got a lot, you know? And so I, yes. I, just, I love this song. Well, we're going to play it now and you guys can understand what we're talking about. It's called little I got. We're listening to Amanda Kate Ferris. And um, and when we come back, we'll talk about, so you've got some new music that you're going to go record as well. Um, but uh, we'll be back right here on Texas Homegrown Music with Amanda Kate Ferris. Here she is with Little I Got.
Well, I'm enjoying this interview a lot, getting to know you, Amanda. I'm, I can see now why Shane is such a big fan. And um, speaking of Shane, tell me about the band that you've got with you now that um, you've been um, pretty much doing a lot of shows with lately. Yes, yes. So, um, you know, when we when we first came back to Texas, the biggest challenge that I knew I was going to face was going to be finding musicians. As you know, finding good musicians, ironically, is not as easy as people think. Um, I think people think, oh, you just put out an ad on Facebook and you and you find someone, you know, um, but it's not that easy. But I have been I feel like the luckiest girl in the world with this group that I have. Um, we have Doug McKenna, who's been playing drums for me, and I just absolutely adore him. Um, and how I found him is f- kind of funny is his dad. I needed a drummer for a music video and his dad put a thing on my Facebook that said, you should use my son. And I'm like, OK, like, who is this guy? And then sure enough, he's, you know, since Doug my way and Doug, you know, he kills it. He's amazing. And then um, was Doug like mortified that his dad did that? <laughs> you, um, you know what? Probably not because his dad's a working musician, too. Um, but okay, it was just, it was just funny. I, I've never had a a parent call like reach out to me for their kid, you know, Um to be honest, I think I thought in my head that Doug was like really young, like he must have been some like teenager. But no, he's. He is an adult. <laughs> um, he just he came in and he's amazing. Um, and then we've got Scarlett Deering, who you obviously know, um, playing oh, fiddle. Scarlett, and I mean, gosh, coming from Milo Deering for all you people out there, Milo's been on my show before as well, and Scarlett as well. Both of them um, have this. Uh, this huge long it's a manifest of the people that they played with and toured with including the eagles but um very very musical family yes scarlet she's and honestly outside of her talent she is super super talented and so hardworking. she comes prepared um all the time but more than that it's just who she is as a person i adore her i mean i you know, if she didn't want to play fiddle anymore, I think I'd have to figure out something else for her to do just because I love hanging out with her, you know? And so she's been amazing. And, um, and then, uh, on bass, we've got Patrick Smith has been playing bass for me. Um, and then on guitar, um, Mark Bilderbach, I actually fly him in out of California. Um, he's the only one that, um, is, he's not local to Texas. Um, but he's, he's been a a long, a long friend of mine and I just, I adore him and he's been so good to me. So I'm trying to stay loyal to him and I'm hoping the more Texas stuff we get, he's just going to move here. That's my goal. Yeah, no doubt. We just need to get him to Texas. That's all. Keep him busy and he'll just move here. Um, and then um, we've got, um, Mr. Eli Valoria who he plays, he's in, he's one of my best friends and he plays acoustic and does vocals, tour management, social media content create you name it he does it for me um, and he's got a he's got a um solo career as well mm-hmm. doesn't he yes so yeah. he does he has his own solo career um where he does shows and um he's an incredible writer producer he's kind of a one-man band i mean he does everything from he writes the music he produces the music he's like the art direction he does it all he he really is he's a he's a unicorn i don't know how he does it all um, but he's so talented and I've just been so lucky that he's been willing to stick it out with me this long. And, um, and then Mr. Shane frame who he's played, um, he's, he's the newest one that we've added to the group. And I told him last time I saw him, I'm like, 
you're the newest one, but it's because I've been praying for you for a year. You know, I've been looking, yeah. you know, we've wanted. Well, he's to- a good guy. I'll tell you, he's a, he's a loyal person. And I think you'll enjoy having him in the band for whatever link oh, that gosh. you have in my hopes forever. But um, he's a really good guy and very solid. So I'm, I'm really glad that you've got Shane and in there. He- and like I said, yeah, well, and he just Part- knows the parts. Like, he puts in the work he came in, and the parts that he played were just like the record. And I just, I, I appreciate that so much when musicians come just well-prepared. And like you said, he is just salt of the earth, the kindest, sweetest guy. And um, and he was just, he was a blast. We um, we had Good. a lot of laughs. Well, I'm glad. he's got, He's got a lot of road war wear, too, boy. That guy's mm-hmm. toured and played with a lot of people and uh, for lots of years and was uh, in the at Cowboys for years, you know, played in played there for did those long, long stints that we talked about the like nine to midnight or 10 to two or whatever. He's done it all. So mm-hmm. you got a good guy there. Well, um, for people to find you, it's Amanda Kate Ferris and it's spelled with an F E R R I S. Um, is it Amanda Kate music or how, what? I don't yes. remember what your uh, URL is. So if you um, on Instagram, it's Amanda Kate music. Uh, on TikTok, it's Amanda Kate Ferris. And then my website is amandakatemusic.com. Um, and so we, uh, we're trying to switch everything over. So it's all Amanda Kate Ferris, but essentially if you Google Amanda Kate, you should be able to find no, to pull it. something. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, you're going to be coming up. I know you um, don't have a lot over the December time, which many of us don't. Um, I've, we've got some corporate things because lots of people want to hire for their private parties, which we're doing a lot of. But I know you're going to be at the National Finals Rodeo, which will be yes. exciting in Las Vegas. So you guys be sure to go see Amanda play. And give her a shout out. Tell her you heard about her on Texas Homegrown Music. And um, we're going to we're going to close the show with a song that I when I heard it, I had thought I got I've got to play this song. It's called Healing When I Ride. Um, and I'm. You, you told me that you wrote this song, and I, I can just tell that it comes from the heart. And I can I can also relate to it from when I lived on my, our ranch, and I used to just go out with my horse and get away, and just the, the, the connection between my horse and I was just wonderful at that time. So tell me a little bit about the song before we play it. Yes. Um, so this was one that I wrote with my mom. Um, and she actually, she wrote it as a poem. So she sent me, she was notorious. She loved sending me lyrics. Um, and sometimes they come in the form of, um, like text messages or sticky notes, you know, you never know how she was going to send them to me. Um, but she sent me a poem and it was all about how she found healing when she would ride, you know, she found healing through her cancer journey. Um, every time she was with her horse and she always called, we have a horse who he's a retired cutting horse and, um, his name is beater CD. And she called him her healing horse, uh, because she just felt like, man, when I'm with him, I feel like I'm, I'm healing from the inside out. And so this song, she sent me those lyrics and, um, I just, it, that song poured right out. It came out so quickly. It was like, it kind of wrote itself and it, it, that one, I think it, it means the most to me. It's got the one that, um, it's the one that for a long time it was hard for me to sing and, but it's just, it's really special. And I think anyone that has horses or any type of animal or, you know, I've had people message me that, that ride Harleys that are like, Hey, this song connected with me. Cause it makes me think of how I feel when I get out on my Harley. And I'm like, Hey, like, I love that. I love that people are finding their connection with the song different ways. Um, but for me, it was just, yeah, there's something special about a horse 
and um and so we wrote wow. this song it's just, there's something special about this song too honey and your voice and i'm really proud of you for making the jump and making the leap and saying yeah i'm gonna do my original music and just gonna let it take me where it does because it's hard to do sometimes like you said you know because mm-hmm. the money is not 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 quite there when you start out but but I'm happy for you and I'm so glad you decided to be on the show I've really enjoyed getting to know you're a beautiful soul and I'm just I wish the best for you and I can't wait to bring you back when you release the whole record so she's dropping some more singles here and there you guys be sure to be on the lookout if you stream her music you need to listen and find out when she drops it and um and and be a supporter of Texas music I believe Texas artists are the best so that's why I have the show, obviously. I so agree. thank you so much, honey, for being here. And we're going to play now Healing When I Ride by Amanda Kate Ferris. We'll be right back on Texas Home Rescue.
Once again, here we are at the close of another show, and what a sweetheart Amanda Kate Ferris is. And um, I don't know, I'm just really, really happy that I get to meet all these girls and guys in these groups and get to share their music with you guys out there. Um, I, I've i been in Texas for 30-something years, and I'm just blown away at the talent here. And um, I know that you guys already know it because you're out there watching them all the time. And me being um, behind a microphone most of the time on stage and, of course, now on this radio show, I don't get out as much as I'd like to, but I'm going to start getting out more. And as you see, I've been going to a lot of concerts lately, and I hope to tell you guys about more of them. And that's what this show is all about, introducing you to Texas artists that I believe are worthy of being introduced to. So thanks again to the Guitar Sanctuary, to Burris Injury Law, and, of course, Tupps Brewery for making making this possible every week. And I'm going to close the show with a good friend of mine named Austin Cunningham, a song called Made to Last. He is such a great storyteller. He's my neighbor, lives right here in McKinney, Texas, and he is one of the sweetest individuals I've ever known. Um, He and his sweet wife are just jewels in our community. He's going out and playing for some kids for me um, in the next couple of weeks. And I just want to say, Austin, in front of everybody, i I just love you and I adore you and I love that you are such a giving, beautiful human being. And I think this song is awesome. It's called Made to Last. We're going to just close the show with it today here on Texas Homegrown Music. And once again, I'll be back next week bringing you some new artists and uh, and telling you about life behind the microphone for all these artists in Texas. Have a great day and remember to support live music. It's really important. Peace out, everybody. We'll see you next time. There's a wristwatch in a glass case And it's really caught my eye It's stainless steel and it's guaranteed To tick on till I die It costs as much as a good horse Still a lust when I walk past Cause in a throwaway world I'm a sucker for something made to last I drive a pickup I bought in high school Built with pride in Detroit steel She's 40 years old but she purrs like a kitten When I climb behind the wheel I could trade her in, no problem For something newer, shiny and fast But in a throwaway world I'm a sucker 
for something made to last Yeah, something that'll stand up to father time And punch him right in the mouth Something I can count on forever That's what I'm talking about Now your love is such a righteous thing It's a feather and it's a stone You've walked with me through fire When my real hope was gone And you whisper words of courage When I'm broken and downcast Yeah, when I'm crumbling And when I'm stumbling You give me something made to last Yeah Yeah, something that'll stand up to father time And punch him right in the mouth Something I can count on forever That's what I'm talking about Yeah, you just hold me that much tighter When I'm broken and downcast In a throwaway world You give me something made to last Yeah, it's a throwaway world But babe, you give me something Made to last 